0: Welcome to another episode of the Audacity of This Guy's podcast. And you know, this is the podcast where we have those conversations with living examples of black excellence. And we just want to share that with the world and make sure that you know that there are so many avenues in which you can be a successful individual. Um, And I am super, super excited today because I have one of my close friends, I have, Uh, loved on this woman for the last maybe five years Uh, she's became so close to me that I call her my sister Um, and she is none other than Cora Polydor she is the owner of Lee's Cafe and I'm just going to let her go ahead and introduce herself a little bit say a little something to the people
1: (laughs) I'm Cora um, owner of Lee's Cafe here in Catonsville and um, yeah what else would you like me to say
0: Oh my God! See now, she asked me to make sure that I had my energy right. I think she didn't think I was going to jump right in there, so I called her off guard. So, what would you like me to say? Here, this woman, goes. So, listen, uh, this woman is a super, super successful uh, entrepreneur. Um, like I said, I just I love this woman and be uh, because she is. Uh, so much more than just the entrepreneur and the, the cafe owner, but she has been a rock for me uh, at some of my lowest points. I would not be where I'm sitting at now if it were not for her. She's definitely been an encouragement. Uh, she's always telling me to pray, to fast, and you need to get your life together. Uh, but all in all, she's always been a loving and caring person. And we, you're probably going to hear us joke each other so much on this podcast because that's bit. what we do. It's fitting to go (laughs) down. That's what we do. It's fitting to go down. So don't pay us no mind. That's what we're trying
1: to say stuff to, you know what I'm saying? My thug needs to be.
0: You ain't no thug. But
1: I, you know what I'm saying? I'm retired. But back in the day, you know what I'm saying? What? I will throw these hands.
0: She swear she about that life. At
1: this age, that's a no-go.
0: You are not about that life.
1: Yo, I was about, I was about that life. And I really, it comes out still. But these knees ain't about that, like yeah. <laughs> these, she, these, these knees, these knees, it's real talk. Like they, they, the real age, okay? They're like, girl, do do all of this from here because these knees, we ain't got you. They ain't got my back. Mm.
0: That's why she ain't about that. Life. She ain't no thug. She can't eat.
1: These can't knees eat. ain't thugging no more. This is this native retard. Oh my
0: god. Anyway. I want to tell you how her and I met. As you guys know, I've talked about it on a previous podcast, that I was in law enforcement for 10 years. And during that time, there were certain places I enjoyed to go eat. And so on my post one day, I happened to wander into a little cafe on Howard Street. And what do I find? I find this woman behind the counter. And, of course, I didn't know she was the owner or anything. So I struck up a conversation, and I really was trying to finesse and get some free stuff. I'm like, hey, I'm right. the police. From
1: jump, like, yo, black folks. <laughs>
0: like, come. I mean, I'm in full-blown uniform. I'm giving your business protection. I thought, you know, hey, look out for your boy.
1: Listen, you trying to give me protect? This fool was trying to get free food.
0: I mean, I was. But he was but nice,
1: I- though. We was like, oh, it's nice to see some nice black people down here.
0: It was. Like, you're like, you were only, the only black person on the block. Listen always the only black people on the block.
1: We are the only black people
0: on the block again. Right, right,
1: right. We the only ones on this block. There's another one across the street. though. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah, but that's is that hair, hair care? That's uh, that's. Oh. She
1: sews. She sews. Oh okay. I might mm-hmm. need
0: her. I need her to stitch something up.
1: Oh yo, talk to her.
0: Okay, alright. She's want, got
1: good, bitch. and she, she has a dance studio uh, for kids. For kids and adults.
0: I, I I have no rhythm, but I need to make sure my daughter. Oh has no, off.
1: talk to her. Talk to. her. Oh, Tara. she can help you get rhythm. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. Can she help
0: me get rhythm? I'm sure. She's good. I ain't never met nobody to help me get rhythm. I've been offbeat my whole life. And can't y'all see why?
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. the glasses. He swear he got so much swag though.
0: You a hater. (laughs) I I wore my own clothing line, yes.
1: But he swear this is even before this, y'all. He was swear that he had he was just down and had so much swag and talked all this trash. I was like, this dude. You ain't never been about that life. Just because you was in law enforcement, you have never been about that life. Like, you are not that dude to have been running with the wrong crowd.
0: No, I never said I have. I ain't never run with the wrong crowd Exact Exactly. All. No, I didn't. I, so I, there's
1: there's no question of why he don't have no rhythm, because you was never trying to... Hold on,
0: hold You had to run with the wrong crowd to get rhythm? Like, I know plenty of people that got rhythm and ain't run with the wrong crowd. No.
1: You, sir... I really didn't even think you was listening to 90s R&B. Like, what would you Oh, to? <laughs> my gosh. he
0: tried to play me. <laughs> was you even listening to the 90s? Yes. R&B? I listened to 90s R&B. I listened to TLC and Usher and Salt and Pepper. I listen to all that. There's something wrong with you. I need to talk to your mama. Talk to your mother. Anyway, <gasps> listen. So, that's how it started. I went into her shop, asked for some free food. I ended up paying uh, and I never stopped coming back. Like, every day on my post, I think I was coming to her, her restaurant. And if I didn't, I was calling her to say, hey, what's good? I'm going to come through later. And um, it just turned into a beautiful relationship at that yeah, point.
1: Yeah, the homie. Yeah. Like, real talk, though. Like, good people. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to joke you. For real, though. Real good people. He swear he'd like her. But he really not. He's really... <laughs> He's a really good person, good family man, husband, all of that good stuff. Good son. I was like, oh, you, what? Well, I, listen, I am. It's hard thank to you. find these days good people in general. So,
0: well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so look, Cora. Um, so that's how we met. So, but we're gonna talk about you a lot today. Everything is gonna be about you. Uh, so I want to know where are you from.
1: So I moved to Maryland from Colorado.
0: Hold up. There are what black, black people. people
1: in, what? There's a lot of black. See, and I knew it.
0: You knew I was going to ask you. There there's are no black people in, people
1: in Colorado. There's a lot of black. People. Only recently
0: when they changed the weed laws. That's
1: a lie. <laughs> Cause
0: y'all get high.
1: <laughs> you negroes get on my nerves. That is not the truth. There's a lot of black people in Colorado. As a matter of fact, and. um, I moved here because I had met my spouse, my current spouse,
0: your only spouse, right?
1: (laughs) Right, Like you was married. (laughs) I mean, I I was, but that's a whole nother. Um, but I met Glenn on Match.com. He was here in Maryland, and I was in Colorado. Got married like literally. I think we met like December, January. We got married in my July.
0: Oh, Eloped
1: quick, and then I moved to Maryland. Yeah,
0: you moved to Maryland because you met your spouse.
1: Yes, because we were gonna stay in Colorado, but he's a telecommunications designer and whatever all this title is. The company that he was going to work for, they only had a position for this guy that worked at home. Everything else was here, so we just decided to, for me to move here. Okay. And I was in the process of going to open up a cafe back home, so I just put that on pause and knew that I was going to do it here.
0: Okay, no doubt, no doubt. So, left everything you knew behind in Colorado and moved to Baltimore. But let's talk about your upbringing in Colorado. What was that like? Did you grow up in a two-parent home? Did you have siblings? Like...
1: Um, so my dad was in the military, so we traveled a lot. Um, so I lived kind of all over and I grew up for the most part, like overseas and then came back to the States. Um, but I did have a two parent household. The struggle, y'all. <laughs> the struggle? What? What? Then I had oh no my parents did get a divorce Don't get it twisted they did get a divorce and I'm not I, I think we were all kind of excited cuz you know I'm the youngest and the only girl so you can kind of you know play
0: uh, the spoiled brat You can
1: play the parent at that age you you know you see it and so you know how to get what you need Um but I do have two older siblings I do I think I
0: You think you're the oldest?
1: I think I am the oldest in real life, even though they're older than me. But I should have been the only child. Like, even at this age, I feel like I should have been the only child. So, but I do. I have two older brothers. Mm. It pains me to even say it because I should have been an only child.
0: How are you going to be the only child and you're the last? Because
1: I should have been the only.
0: (sighs) Brent, anyway. Still. So, grew up a daddy's girl. Played the parents. Oh, yes. What was school like for you? What was education? Did was it something you took serious?
1: I hated school.
0: You hated school.
1: I hated I hated school from elementary. Why? Number one, I had um, I can't say necessarily she was racist, but I had a white teacher who would just do me absolutely insane um, in elementary school (laughs) at Ebert Elementary, and I hated to go to school because of her like she would do certain things and then would be like you can't go to lunch and would like make me sit in the class the whole time so while all the other kids have gone to eat gone to recess I think my mom started to wonder like why
0: I can hit that fridge.
1: it's the refrigerator oh it's the compressor um like why I'm not eating why am I getting sick because Mm -hmm. I wasn't eating at school because this white lady was not letting me go to lunch
0: wow
1: Yeah. So I hated going to school, but I liked going to school at the same time because I had the best, um, one of my teachers, she was an Asian older woman bomb. She would just love on me. And then that's my first time seeing like black educators. So my gym teacher was um, black. And then I had like one of my other teachers was black, and then he got me into the violin and stuff. That part was great, but I hated. I and I've always not liked um, school because I was the skinniest, the tallest, the darkest, and so and because you talk proper and all that, all of that, and so you would get picked on the most, and I hated it. I hated oh, so you it. were bullied? Oh my god! Yeah,
0: I wonder you had to have that tough skin.
1: And, no, I had to have tough skin because I had brothers who would, like, eat your food off your plate and, like, stick your finger in your food like that. Or, like, take their toes and be like, eh, ah, to this day I hate feet. Like, real talk, to this day, don't, do not put your feet on Don't your put dog. your feet. <laughs> like, real talk, don't do it. I didn't know that. You I will fight you. I'm going to come in
0: here with my flip-flops. Mm-hmm. Or... I
1: swear to God. I swear to God. Don't do it. <laughs>
0: I'm like Cora. I
1: swear I will cut you. I like, just got
0: a petty. <laughs> ugh,
1: just even you saying that, like, so yeah, nah. I was definitely bullied in school, and so this is why I had to learn how to throw hands.
0: Like, okay, fair like, enough. Like
1: with the guys, with the girls, like I had to throw hands.
0: Yeah, that will make you being bullied will make you throw them. Listen,
1: and I was not the one to come home and be like so... because that wasn't the that wasn't the gist in the '80s, in okay. the '90s. Like your parents was like. Listen, if somebody comes at you, you pick up a rock and you knock them out. You knock them niggas out. That, that's that old,
0: that's school, that old school. That's that old school. That's that old school reason. So it. I had to
1: learn because, number one, I did have two older brothers and my older brother just, like, to fight everybody. So right. I knew I had that, but I also knew I could handle my own. So, yeah, I hated school, though. Mm. I, I was having to, like, knock niggas out. There <laughs> 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 you go. i
0: the going to lie. Had to throw them hands, but Throw them in. So you came to Baltimore, all right, so you finished up school. So hold up. You said you didn't get a first black educator until later in your Elementary. academic career.
1: I had one in high school. I went to at all. So the so, district, so where
0: are these black people at in Colorado? Again,
1: there's a lot of black people now. They wasn't in my high school. Like there was kids in my high school. My, my principal was black. Right. The English teacher was black.
0: The fact that you can count on one hand exactly who the black people were in your there school. There was,
1: a, oh, and the security guard, Mr. Cortez. Anyway. Was black.
0: See, told you. But then there no was black, black students. I'm not trying to hear that. But was we no went black to people. a
1: district because we went, we, I, my parents, so my brothers went to a school like in the city. Okay. So they went to a black high school. Okay. Predominantly black high school. Okay. But so my parents, my brother punched his hand through the window at the school. He was a football player this whole, he was like really good at sports, but he also had a temper and he pushed his hand through one of the windows over a girl and jacked his hand up. And my parents was like, listen, you're not going to a, <laughs> I said, they wrote ruined- I- when I tell you I was waiting for the black experience, you didn't get the- it. didn't get it. They moved across like, no, I ended up going to the white district and had to be around all these white people, which is where I learned a lot. Of how to finesse because you Yeah. You now have been thrust into like racism on the low low and all of that
0: stuff. I always feel like when people say like the subliminal racism, huh. I feel like it's really like overt, like it's not even subliminal. Like people will say things and you'll be like, Did you really just say that?
1: Oh no, it was subliminal then because it wasn't now nobody cares because of what we just had in the White House. OK, but back in like the 90s, late 80s, 90s, it was very subliminal. It was very, I guess. Yeah. And this is why you had to throw hands. OK, <laughs> like let me get these white people all the way together.
0: All right. So we finished up school. We graduate from Colorado and we meet our husband, and get married. And then we moved to Baltimore. So you guys moved to Baltimore because of his job. But what did you end up doing when you came to Baltimore? Because I know you didn't just come here like, oh, I'm going to just wait for my husband. and He's going to take care of me.
1: God, no. Um, So I had been in medical for like 10 plus years. And I applied with Mercy because I knew what the plan was to move to Maryland and then eventually, you know, see what it was about. And then open my own business. But. I knew I was moving to the to the what to the East Coast. I knew that for years before I even got here. I knew that I would be moving here. Um, I thought it would be New York, but it just happened to be Baltimore. So, I applied um, to Mercy Medical. They held my position until I moved here, and then I started working for them.
0: Oh, what did you do?
1: Child working in billing, billing, billing playing, and coding, all of that. Yeah, hated it. I hated it. But it was great because it's knowledge you need to know. So if I ever get out of this industry and I needed to work, I can
0: still have those skills,
1: still have those skills.
0: So worked you pretty much a nine to five or shift work with Mm -hmm. that. Did that for how many years?
1: So I worked in medical here, which is crazy because I've never been fired from a job. Now I've quit. (laughs) I quit plenty. But I, all, not like the main job, like I always worked two jobs, two full time jobs from like high school on. I've always worked two jobs. I just did not believe in not having no money and just not being able to because. Listen. So,
0: always about that grind.
1: Always about the grind. I didn't stop working until days before I even got married. And I didn't get married again until I was 30. So, I, I kept my job even. I quit one and then I still kept the other one until like days before I got married.
0: Okay. So I heard you say, so I'm going to pivot a little bit. You Mm -hmm. said that you got married again at 30. You were married prior.
1: I was married at 18, 19,
0: 19. Young love. or Was it love?
1: No, you know, I did. I love, it was love, but women mature faster than men. That's a fact, and we just we wasn't gonna make it.
0: So how long did that last before you said, eh, "This ain't working"?
1: We were married a couple years, but um, yeah, that that situation was rough. It was rough. Like that situation. Listen, real talk, and a lot of people don't know. I probably shouldn't even say it, but y'all will know now. Um, that situation was kind of like a domestic, um, abusive situation.
0: Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah,
1: And a lot of people don't know that. Um, and I've forgiven that person. That person is on my Facebook. We speak every now, every blue moon because there's no
0: animosity. There's
1: none. Um, we both were young, number one. And I knew I should not have married that person. I knew that going in. I knew that, but I did it. It didn't work out and we ended up being married for eight years but we were apart like six like five or six of those years and then he finally let me get it like gave me the divorce
0: not was it non-contested like basically basically okay yeah so what i want to say is how i know domestic violence affects people differently uh, each person is affected differently how did you find the will to leave because it's usually a cycle of violence like an event will happen forgive him and just going back and forth back and forth how did you so, w- get out of it
1: I just one day was like I'm out like I got he was in the military and we lived in Florida and I think like my last draw with that whole situation I just first of all, I'm not a person to stay with you just because right? like my father knew about it a little bit. Um, and my dad was in the military and he knew because I needed to get advice on what to do. Right. And so he would tell me what to do. Um, and then I moved here. I, we, we came back, to, we moved back to Colorado and my dad kind of knew the gist of it, but that dude was not a nice dude to me whatsoever. and, he thinks it was me, but, <laughs> like, this is why I have no animosity. Like, to me, your mind is chewed up. Like, if you still think at this age, we ain't been together for, like, 20-something years. Like, if you still think I did you dirty, that's cool, but you clearly don't know what domestic violence is. Like, he was verbally abusive at times. He was very, it was just weird situation. And, again, we were both young. But, um, yeah, no, he, he did some pretty curtis stuff. I ended up, um, like, he took all of my stuff when we moved here. You know, military packs you up. Child took all my stuff, so I go to get the stuff, and he lived in Colorado Springs, so we drive up to get it, and we ended up getting into a fight, and he was choking me, so I had to bite his arms for him to let me go. Do you know this fool? Call the police. I go to jail. You caught a case? Caught a case.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: So they tried, They protected him because he was in the military in a military town. Child, I ended up having to, like, do, um, what is that?
0: Community service? No. Oh, you had to go to jail. I
1: had to go to anger management, bruh. Facts. And and don't get me wrong, I probably needed anger management. <laughs> I'm not even gonna deny this part. Like I'm just keeping real with y'all. I probably needed. I'm not gonna say probably. I needed anger management, but work release. That's what it is. <laughs> so listen, y'all. They had you on probation. Yo, <laughs> real talk. I ended up having to. They, like, sent a bounty hunter or something. This dude had my car taken from in front of my house. He wasn't paying the note and didn't tell me. Wow. So he had the car taken from my house. And so I couldn't go to court or something. So they had, like, a bounty hunter come and find me. I go to to court. (laughs) I call him, and I threaten his life. (laughs) She
0: just did not learn.
1: This is why, oh no, he came immediately and picked me up and took me back to my car. This is why. This will explain why I hustle the way I hustle and why stuff has to be the way that it is because I refuse in life to be in that situation ever,
0: ever again. Because you were dependent upon him. I
1: was dependent upon him at one point in time. Ain't no way in all of the hell.
0: You'll do that again. Never. Well, I guess ne-
1: when I tell you never never
0: so that life lesson taught you well it, it, it helped you it helped you become the hustler that it you are it has
1: now. definitely helped me become who I am today but it explains why I do not deal at at the slightest bit of foolery deuces I yeah. just won't do it
0: that makes sense yeah uh, you know life is short and
1: <laughs> what and
0: that you cannot uh live type of lenses being abused constantly.
1: Uh, oh my God, constantly. no. No,
0: no, no, no. Alright, so got through the drama. Yeah. Alright, let's get back. Met Glenn married him. Yeah. Moved to uh, Baltimore. Worked at Mercy. And what happened after that? Because we're sitting in your cafe.
1: Yeah.
0: And, I mean, it seems like this wasn't always your path, but you said that you had Started baking and cooking uh, earlier in life.
1: Yeah, so my parents bought me an easy bake oven, and and I. This you is, sold
0: food off an of easy bake oven.
1: Yes, I did when I was to my family. So I knew at a very young age that I did not want to work for anyone, which is why I refused to stay in the first situation I was in. I refused because I was like. You never wanted to work for other people. You did not want to be so dependent on somebody to take care of you. Like, what happened? This is a person who, I always had a job, always had my stuff together. Credit right, that whole thing. So, I started early. Mm-hmm. In middle school, high school, I would sell baked goods to, like, my mom's church people. All that stuff. Word got out. And I, that's how I'd, like, make side money before I was able to work. And... um I had just decided I wanted my own. I wanted my own because of my grandmother would tell us the stories about working for white people and having to take care of their kids. And I watched my grandmother open up her own um, places or sell dinners out of her home to make rent and make bills and take care of herself. And she was not with my grandfather. She hustled and did it on her own to the, to the day she died.
0: So that's your, that's where you got the example from when you saw your grandmother uh, open up her own businesses and hustle the way she did, oh especially, you know, being solo
1: and was like, and don't let these niggas. <laughs> she cap you in a minute.
0: Oh, she was about that life, too. But
1: Coralie was about that life.
0: Hold up. So you were named after. I'm
1: named after my grandmother and my dad. I'm named after both of my grandparents.
0: Both of but- them name named Cor?
1: No. So my 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 name is Cor Markell. But my dad's mom's name was Margie, and he was like, I couldn't bring to name you Margie, so he named me Markel. And then they named me Cora Markel after my mom's mom. Chill. both of my grandmothers were about that life. <laughs> I ne- <laughs> And I never met my dad's mom because she passed. Okay. But as I would go back and listen to the stories from my uncles and cousins about my grandmother, I can see right now, how I was like, I'm not about that life, cause I'll cut you. And living and growing up with my my mom's mom, Corley girl, child, I'm not about that life.
0: But it's so crazy. Even though we have relatives who we never met physically, like some way their spiritual and their DNA and Listen. things about them just trickle down to us. And you can and people will say you act just like that person. I'm like I never met that person,
1: never met her, and they're like you're built like her, you look like her. You act like her, and I was like, I have never met the woman in my life, and there's not even like a real. They don't even have like photos of her. There's like one very faint photo of her, but my my uncle was always like, "Yo, you're the one who looks like her the most, or you you're built like her the most, you act like her," like he's like, "Yeah, you about that life," because he's seen me kirk out before. So <laughs> in my twenties, y'all, this is way back there, mm. way back in the day, but yeah.
0: So Coralie's, so Coralie was your 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 grandmother, and that's where the name of the cafe came from. Mm-hmm. You named it. Okay, all right. So now that makes sense. I always wonder, I'm like, where did she get this Lee from? Like, she just made Coralie up Coralie
1: McDonald, child. Coralie McDonald. Ooh, that sound.
0: You know, they probably called her the like, they Lee she never... was from the
1: country. Wichita, Kansas, she lived in Oklahoma. They never
0: called her not by the two names. Like, it was always Lee Yes,
1: it's always Corlee.
0: Like, you could never say core
1: Because that's the one name, that's Coralie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in the country. day, it was
0: country. But
1: listen, homegirl could throw down. Mm. I would watch. So, whilst all the kids would be outside, I would be watching what she was doing. I, mean, I didn't want to go outside. I wanted to watch what she was doing.
0: So, what did grandma do? Like, was she, you know, she, you said she sold dinners. Was she, what was she good at? Like, what was she good at cooking? Yo, like, everything I know? Everything. Everybody said about that grandma. Like, like some she, of that so we would cook. go down
1: to Oklahoma and visit, and she would make, yo, she made these french fries. We was like, what is up with these french fries? She was like, you boil them first, then you. And then you front like I have never in my life had French fries like that since, and I could still taste like her. I could still taste the biscuits. My biscuits still are nothing like her biscuits. They're fire, but hers is just pure. Like what in the world? And she didn't measure. She didn't
0: see now. We gotta run the joke. I like what she say. Uh, she didn't measure because I always tell her your grandma probably had that back on fat, didn't she?
1: No, she, she was. I mean, she, she wasn't a big lady.
0: Listen, she probably she
1: was tall.
0: She had that back on fat, but no. Listen, y'all, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, don't do The that. tricep muscle, <laughs> right I mean, behind was your. Like arm. A
1: little bit of the skin, but she wasn't like a fat lady at all.
0: Listen, when a woman got that back <laughs> on fat, I'm trying to tell you, she's Listen. nice in the kitchen. She don't measure nothing. She just feel it by everything is by feel. She look and say, "Yep, that's about right," and that's gonna be good, but right? She there.
1: was, you know, how <laughs> everybody claimed that, you know, oh, I got Indian. She was really mixed with Indian.
0: Cause so, you know what?
1: Uh, I forget the tribe was with a W, and I can't think of the, okay. the tribe. All
0: right.
1: Yeah, she was. She was definitely, um,
0: yo. Know, she could. Well, I mean, y'all. Off, she in Oklahoma. She's yeah. coastal reservation. Okay, all right, yeah. So you, that might be legit. Unlike you know most of the people here who that's what I'm telling you. Be yo. claiming like, yeah. Margaret, no,
1: no, it was legit. <laughs> and she could throw down like,
0: yo. All right, so you watch Grandma for years. Get in the kitchen with her didn't really go outside because you were to her what actually so you said you began to cook on your easy bake oven making you know 50 cent dollar here dollar there how did you learn how to become the entrepreneur you are today off of an easy bake oven
1: so i would only bake because i didn't even start cooking until i was 20 like 7 28 I really didn't start cooking until in my late, late 20s. Like, I would cook food, but baking was like I had already mastered that. Right. But I didn't start cooking until late, mid to late 20s. And my friend Dennis, my car went down. So Dennis would drive from his house, which was far, pick me up, take me to work, and then pick me up from work and bring me home, like, every day. Okay. Such a great friend. And so one day I had made these northern beans. <laughs> and Dennis knew me for a long time before that. So he was like, Cora, you cook these? And I was like, <laughs> and Dennis could throw that and I ain't going. But he was like, you cook these? And I was like, yeah. He was like, no joke, fire. And it just, something clicked. And then I just started cooking from there. And I mean, I before I cooked and it was okay, but then... I don't know what shifted. Sometimes it just depends on who's around you at the time to say, like, yo, Real Talk, that was amazing. And it it will spark something in you that just wakens up something else. And it just, from that point on. And now, what? You can't tell me, Jack. But I've always watched, like, Food Network and had books and cookbooks. Like, literally, I had enough cookbooks to fill this room. I would just read books, magazine, like just read.
0: So you go from not liking school to being just an awesome reader and researcher. Yeah,
1: and I love to read even in school. Okay. I just hated going to for school. The people. I'm okay. Like,
0: All Listen, right. I'm so an
1: introvert. We don't we don't do people like that.
0: <laughs> lies.
1: He thinks I'm. People think I'm an extrovert, but I'm I'm so much so of an introvert. But I know you, so I can just be who yourself. I am. I can be authentically me, say stupid stuff and not be judged for it, or just be like, yo, that's just out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Because we know each other. Right. But if I don't know you, chill. Us introverts be like, girl. And don't (laughs) take it personal, y'all. We have to scope you out first. I need to see, are you safe? All right.
0: Me, I'm the uh, the uh,
1: very yellow, very
0: extrovert. Very extrovert. Hey, y'all, hey, I w- do you
1: talk to everybody,
0: bro? Yeah, I do.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that is not me. My
0: wife would tell me, you know, she said, "You just make friends everywhere you go. She's like everybody. and she always say that ain't your friend." I'm like, no. They, Thank you, Cami. What? Whatever. You that is her, not your friend. Whatever. I make <laughs> friends everywhere. I'm a very friendly person.
1: Exactly.
0: So. Um. <laughs> whatever. So. Self-taught. So you didn't even go the traditional route like a lot of people no. and go to culinary school.
1: No, sir. Because number one, I didn't even want to go to college after. I didn't even go to my graduation. This is how much I did not, I disassociated myself with school. I graduated and did not go to the graduation. Mm. Um, I only went to prom because my mom almost passed out. Because
0: <laughs> I didn't want to go. You did not want to go to school.
1: No. I okay. hated it. I hated it. I hated the pressure
0: okay.
1: of, like, school. I hated it because I just had some cruddy, like, Yeah, you
0: had a, I it had was some, pretty rough.
1: I had some cruddy teachers. I had some, I went to an all-white school, as mm. they say, in a very white district. Right. I had a very white and very, very hateful science teacher my first year in high school. I had to be transferred out of her class. Like, my mom had to, like, threaten lives so that I could be transferred out of this woman's class because she was absolutely the worst. And so it just made me not really want to be bothered with school. And it really wasn't the institution as well as the people that were there. you got to be careful about who's teaching your kids.
0: Yeah. So you said one thing that that really struck me, Uh, your friend that gave you the ride to and from, what was his name? Dennis. Dennis. So you said you were in the right atmosphere and it clicked. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so often that is very important. People don't realize that you're you're not in the right environment or the right atmosphere exactly. for your blessing or for you to hear what God is trying to tell you about your future or what he has in store for you. And you just so happen to align yourself in the right time, in the right place. Yeah. And you just said it clicked like that. Yeah. And I, I want people to understand that you have to put yourself in these positions if Mm -hmm. you want to succeed in life. Like you can't just, nothing happens by happenstance. It's just not like, oh, it just happened because you're some wonderful person. Like you have to pray, you have to align yourself, and you have to clear um, all the negativity out of your life. You do,
1: because I couldn't even move forward with anything that I'm doing right now until I fixed the situation I put myself into. Let's make this very clear. This wasn't like something God put me into. No, I put myself into a situation that harmed me, even though I knew I shouldn't have did it at 19. I had to go back, repent, get healing, apologize even to that person in order for me to break loose of all of that and move on at 28. That took literally from 19 until 27. You got to be kidding me. It was rough.
0: So eight to nine years. Yes. Yes. And see, that's what people don't realize. People come and they see, you know, what you have now. and They think like, oh, she's always had what? the upper hand. Uh, she, you know, she's always had money. She's came from money. But they don't realize the, the real struggles and hell that you came L- from. Let me you break you it You came down. from the mud.
1: I came from what money? Okay. <laughs> well, my parents got divorced. I'm just putting it out here because we're all older at this point. Y'all, I'm 47. I don't look at that. Thank you. Hey, girl. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> don't eat on my time. Hey, these greys, though, they look 47, but the rest of it. Um, I did not come from money. Like, we were middle class, but when my parents got divorced, you're a kid stuck between the crossfire. So, when my parents got divorced, my dad put us all out. <laughs> <laughs> don't get it twisted. He put us all out. Okay. We lived with my mom's friend in this tiny townhouse and back in the day they had that paper government money wasn't no car, wasn't no EBT, wasn't no SNAP it was paper it's embarrassing Okay, when you come from middle class and you have what you need and then you go who came from money? this is why I always kept two jobs these things set me up to survive COVID please understand let's talk about that that right there (laughs) Set me up to have a mindset to be like, whoa, if you can survive those things, COVID to me, it was rough. Please don't get me wrong. But it wasn't a detriment to me because you just have to remember, you pulled out of this, God got you out of that, and you're going to come out of this. So it wasn't like, oh, my God. I had this business, and it did these wonderful things. No, there was a t- almost a 10-year period before I could even move on to open the business, even though in that 10 years, I knew I was going to have my own business.
0: So, after Mercy, you know, we did all that. Now you are the point where, how did you open up? So, what was your first business? Like, where was it at? What did you do?
1: So, in, you know, you can't get loans and all this here stuff. Starting a business and definitely black you can really kind of forget that and so when I started 15 years ago there wasn't there really wasn't there wasn't anything so we opened what I did I studied how to do wedding planning I read books I joined organizations I bought every video every everything that I could think of on wedding planning And then I opened my business, but I didn't open it right away. Like I'm going to do, I studied it first. Keywords guys. Don't just start. I studied a thing. I went to the meetings. I joined organizations. I put up my own money first. I branded myself. I got logos done. And matter of fact, I think I did my very first logo, which is fire. It was cute. It showed everything it needed to show that we did weddings. And, um, I started sending out postcards to the areas in the zip codes that I wanted my clients to come from. I didn't just send them to the people around me. They didn't even know I was doing it. I started to send them to zip codes with specific um, demographics and money.
0: I would agree. to say, y'all know she talking about the, the demographic that got the money, right?
1: <laughs> and they could have been white or black.
0: Yeah, she just wanted the the, the upper middle class. The exactly. people who just want to spend the because, money. Exactly.
1: Because you don't want to waste all your efforts, do all of this.
0: And not get paid. And not
1: get paid. So <laughs> I started, and then I was like, this isn't working. Like, some weeks went by, and all of a sudden, I started getting these calls. Like, we got your postcard in the mail. I would like to schedule your services. So I said I started bringing them to my home. I had an extra room in my house, my office, and so I would have my consultations there, or we would go to the person's home and have the com- consultation and start booking and start stacking the money.
0: So your first business was actually a wedding planning business, like you events, events. and weddings. Yeah. Okay, all right. I never knew that. I thought you asked. so. Wedding planning. So you did everything far as like day of and leading up to
1: full service, all the way from full service to day of. And so what we would do is um, stack that money. So we had a client that needed like um, all the chafing dishes, and because I knew the goal was to go from the wedding planning to stack the money to open up the catering, I rented her the chafing dishes, but I made her pay for them and we went and bought them. And that's how we bought equipment. We didn't take out loans. We didn't do any of those things. I was just charging these people as if I already had it, but taking that money to go and buy the stuff so we can continue to rent
0: it. Very strategic.
1: Ha! No dummy over here. Okay. (laughs) Very strategic.
0: Okay. So you had the event planning business, stacked your dough. When did you open up the catering business?
1: so I had met a planner and this is very key y'all I reached out to a lot of those who look like me who did not reach back and I just happened to meet this Jewish woman up in oh my gosh she lives past my house you know I look way out yonder but she she was in a town she lives a little ways up from me and She called me because I met her during the wedding circuit and she had a flower shop. And so I would go to her shop and sit with her and she would just drop nuggets all day long. Hilarious lady. Um, I thought about her recently. I wonder how she's doing. Mm -hmm. And she would just drop these nuggets and I would tell her that I wanted to open up catering. And she was like, you need to do it. And I was like, I'm not going to do it because I don't have this, this and this. For her, she was like, do it. And I right. was like, but I don't have, and I don't even know where to start. She called me one day and she says to me, um, I have a client who needs catering for a private, um, their wedding at their home, at their private home. So you don't need the licensing and everything else. Just bring the food. So she told me what she want, they wanted. We charged. It went down in history because they loved everything. And that is what then sparked me to be like, Got this, and you can do it. And this was God years ago, but she again, the Planned right people see. at the right time said, This is amazing, or you need to do this. And she called me, and we did everything, and it was it, it worked out.
0: And that's kind of similar to me, sis. Like for me to start my media company and, and everything, I have the uh, clothing brand. There was my business mentor who she just was like, you can do it. Like, mm-hmm. it was at times, especially because I lost my job, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't yeah. know where I'm going to start. I don't know where I'm going to get the money from. I don't know any of this. You, and like you start, see, though. And Everybody you just got to
1: Everybody thinks it takes all this money. I literally, this was before Wix, before WordPress. I used Yahoo for my website. I had to sit. I promise you we almost got divorced because I would be fussing at Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, help me do this. And he, because he's just really, really smart. And so he'd be like, do this. And it would like blank out. And I would Kirk out. <laughs> like, you told me to put X, Y, and Z. And he'd be like, yo, but you asked me. I don't know either. So we had to, <laughs> like, it was it was trial and error. I spent, what, $20 at Vistaprint to get cards. I spent. Oh, I
0: remember Vistaprint. Yeah,
1: you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I so used like,
0: to get cards from there.
1: And I just. It it's honestly sometimes you have to put I put in a little effort, you know what I'm saying? You got to put in some type of effort in order to get some type of movement.
0: Now, when you when you say a little effort, I I usually I I, I was going to say I usually tell people, especially when they're starting their own business or their own endeavors, if you treat your business like a side hustle, that's exactly what it'll be.
1: Break this down,
0: okay? Okay, this is
1: how I ended up doing this full time. Okay. I was going home to sing at a conference. Oh, my God. Yo, he be hating on my She skills, does not have a voice. Brings it down, okay? Uh, God. Y'all want me to sing a little song? <laughs> no, this? we don't. Okay. <laughs> I was to break it on down.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm. So, you go back home.
1: A... Yeah. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> no, but I, I... So, I went home to sing... go home, sing at a conference. And I was like, I don't want to go back to work. Mm-hmm. I'm working my side job here. We starting to grow. And I said, I'm never going to grow this to the full potential if I don't quit. So I call my husband before I come home and said, listen, I'm not going back to that temp job because by then I was working at this temp company, not far from my house in medical again. Um, and I said, I'm not going back to work when I come home. I cannot, um, work this as a side hustle because I don't have time. I'm at work writing out my business plan and writing out my processes and all this stuff at work, but I don't even have time to do the other stuff. So just to give you a heads up, I ain't going back to work. (laughs) I didn't ask. I didn't, nothing. I'm not going because, number one, he's a planner. He's a thinker. I am not that girl. I need all my stuff to be like, right, boom. If I have an idea, I'm going to go with that. I don't care if I got the money or not. I'm fitting to make it work out. Right. So I knew he would be like, well, you know, you got a planner. Listen, let me break this down. I ain't going. And I thought he was going to be like, nah, son. (laughs) with his accent but he was like okay I came home I never went back to that job I started working catering full time and I got when I tell you I had to come out of my introverted self to make phone calls Mm -hmm. to hustle to call because I was afraid there's always going to be a fear of what if they say no Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: inside it was girl, you know, you got this. Yep. But what if they say, yes, we're always more afraid to succeed because once you start to succeed, you have to do better. Yep. And if you're not ready to do better, it's going to fall apart
0: because people look forward to the, the new you, the new thing. Like you said, all right, I'm a caterer. That's what you put out into the atmosphere. I'm a caterer, I'm a caterer, I cook, I do this, I do that, I do event planning. Mm-hmm. And when you say, mm, you know what, I'm scared I'm going to fail, and you say I'm not really doing that, you know, I'm actually still working this temp job, people are like, well, what happened? Like, I was looking for that. So people look for you, like some want you to fail, but there's a lot of people there's that a, want you to there's succeed. There's so
1: many more people who want you to succeed yeah. and fail. The, the, the fact, the reason why the people who don't want you to succeed are louder is because... That's what you condition yourself
0: mm, speak to on receive.
1: it We don't condition ourselves enough to say yo I'm gonna do this thing and I'm going to make it. We always condition ourselves to hear the worst to see the worst, to be the worst to not to not be and especially as black people and a black woman, you really don't see a whole lot of people. it was like B Smith, God rest her soul. But it was like, B. Smith, you saw who was doing it, like, yo, I could do exactly that. There wasn't a great representation on um, Food Network. None of those things were out when I was coming up. It was always somebody white. So it wasn't something in my head like, I can do this. The only reason why I knew I could do it is because my grandmother told me I could. hmm if your granny tell you, you could do it.
0: Then you could do anything. Then you could do anything. <laughs> could do when anything. I
1: made noodles, so my grandmother, when she got sick and stuff, she would be like, can you make me um, like a grilled cheese or noodles? And so I would make them, and she made me feel like the noodles were like the cure-all for everything for her because she would be like, you make the best ramen noodles, y'all.
0: You cracking open a pack.
1: <laughs> but I would hook them up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hook them up. And she was like, it just made her feel better. When you have people to plant those seeds in you, I am at awe of what I've become out of the mess that was made, I made for myself. Let's just keep it real. Not everything is the devil. That's a whole other conversation. But I made those traces and decisions because I would love for her to see this, because you planted. And Dennis planted, even though he probably didn't even think anything of it at the time. Ain't think nothing about because we, he and I, with Josh, just like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yo, I was big head, I was skinny, I was this that to him. I was taunted. He had a snake, so he would tease me with the snake, make me watch him <laughs> eat the mice and all. Of, like, but those that simple conversation the day he sat down to eat those beans and that in that bread took me to a whole nother level. So it's important to have the right people saying the right thing. But at the same time, when I made the declaration, I didn't ask no permission. I know people are like, she didn't ask her husband. I didn't because I would have never did it. Right. I just had to make the decision to not go back to work and do it full time and come out of the shell and become the extrovert introvert (laughs) that I am today.
0: All right, yeah. So, all right. So we started with event planning. That's our Mm -hmm. first business. Then we pivot to catering. That's Mm -hmm. our second business. When did you actually get a storefront and actually started having a bakery?
1: So we had rented spaces from this lady way up yonder, like Montgomery County. I was paying this lady $1,000 a month for 10 hours. To use a kitchen? This is how hungry... I was because the black person I went to, not only did he steal my money, okay, he stole the money, but then wanted to take my portfolio and was like, I want to use your, but these are my photos, this is my food, (laughs) and was upset because I would not allow him to do that. And then I was all kinds of everything, but a child of God and he took my money. I go to this white lady, she has a kitchen, and we use her kitchen for 10 hours a month, traveling literally an hour and a half back and forth. Oh, so if M- it, Montgomery County kind of far. It's real far. It's in the cut cut. Yeah. Like this kitchen was in the cut. And so we're doing this for almost a year. We get licensed out of this kitchen. All of these things happen out of this kitchen. Child, we was late the the and people think, oh no, 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 we had some struggles. I'm late to getting my catering stuff sometimes because we're traveling so far, we hit traffic. It was just a lot. I then come, I start working out of another kitchen. I won't even say where, because people will know where it is. I'm gonna leave that
0: alone. All right.
1: So we started working out of that kitchen and we were there for about a year. And because I was fed up. I can't come in here when I want to. Y'all overcharging me. Y'all dirty to us. Y'all throwing my food out and stuff like that that we leave in the refrigerator. You know we coming back in a day or two, but you throw my stuff out. That was it for me. I I I went on a search for my own space. Called this guy. He was like, I'm not interested in making this into a kitchen. But I said, God, I, I want my own space. He just told me he wasn't going to do this i left it alone like a week or two later i get a phone call from this dude who owns this space and says hey because at this point y'all i don't went to the lord (laughs) i want my own space right i want my own space i can't take this no more Now, if you told me to go and open these businesses and told me at this young age that I would have my own, I want my own, this boy calls me back two weeks later. He says, how much can you afford? I tell him how much I could afford at the time. He says, okay, I'm a contractor. I'll build it out. It's my building. Mm. Built it from the bottom up on Dogwood. Yes, sir. And we was there for like two or three years. We were okay. there for quite a bit, and then I was like, "Okay, we've run our gamut here, and we um, went to another location."
0: So, was that bakery was that the first Corlee's or no? That was that was the first Coralie's.
1: Okay, all right. So we were under another name, and then we rebranded. Okay, we rebranded um in like 2017 to Coralie's. Okay, just because, and we rebranded because we got a location. Um, at the airport, but the airport did us so trifling. It just left me with a heavy feeling about my business. Okay. And I said I needed to rebrand and redo because at that point we just had our bakery. We had retired out of catering. We had did it for so long. And I was like, I just need something else because now we still have people asking us for food on the low, DM us for chicken salad and all this kind of stuff and the fresh bread. So we just, you
0: know. All right. So... Yeah. Now, I met you on Howard Street. You
1: met us on Howard Street.
0: And we went through some stuff at that location.
1: Listen, first and foremost, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, the drama
0: on Howard Street. The drama on Howard Street. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yo, like, I was supposed to go on Howard Street with a partner. I had a partner. But you got to be very careful because I know everybody might be like, yo, are you equally yoked with your mate? You need to be equally yoked with your partner. Okay. Um, this person kirked out, flaked out. And I was like, even after even after that, I still wanted to work with this young lady because I saw something good in her, but she just didn't have the people around her to see nothing good in her. And it makes it hard. So we ended up having drama. I ended up moving to the space by myself. It was you know, stuff I could afford to do even without a partner. So I was like, I'm out. Um and Listen, I didn't know that they was doing all the extra they was doing on Howard Street. Them (laughs) Russians kept that on the low, low. You hear me? On the low. (laughs) But I think it was a great um, learning experience because it taught me a lot of patience. It's taught me um, how to persevere. I feel like if I went through Howard Street, COVID was absolutely nothing. (laughs) <laughs> but had we not gone on Howard Street, there were some lessons I just wouldn't have learned. There were some right. things I probably, we just had so much go down on Howard Street. It just wasn't the location for me. I think I think looking at it, um, it was really for me. The growth. The growth for me personally so that I could move to this location and be the best leader that I am now. Um, for the staff that I have now,
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. So now, you know, we move up here, and I want to say you moved up here right before COVID hit. Yep. So
1: Yo we got out of. Ho- Listen, we it was so much drama on Howard. I was like, here are your keys. Mm-hmm. I literally because I was going to close all together. I had had enough.
0: Like you were about you were like I'm done with the business. Like, done. Yeah. Like,
1: I've been doing this a long time. My husband has already offered, be a stay-at-home wife. Like, we ain't got no kids, y'all. Be, at, be a stay What am I going to do at home with no kids?
0: Drive yourself insane.
1: Insane. I am not that girl. So I was like, listen, I didn't even tell him. Because, again, he's a planner. He's a thinker. But when you're a visionary, sometimes you just have to make moves without everybody knowing.
0: Make them in silence.
1: I mean in silence. The staff didn't know. I just told them to get boxes. They thought I was closing. Because they didn't know they wasn't really going to be staying at this location either. (laughs) Everybody was going to be gone. Everybody.
0: Clean slate. Clean slate.
1: slate. Because your people can hold you back. Your staff can hold you back. And a visionary has to move because when there is a vision given to you about your business, it's nobody else's business what you going to do with the business. It isn't. I didn't even tell Glenn I was moving. <laughs> I closed. I found a locate I like I I looked at a location on Friday. That Monday I came to look at this location. By 11:30 I had the keys. Mm. By 11:30 that man said you could have the keys. I said, no problem. I called Glenn and said, listen, (laughs) I need this much money to move into this building. He was agitated, but he knew who he married, and so he wrote the check.
0: Say no more. Say no more. (laughs) Say no more. So, listen, we have talked a lot. Yeah, I remember. I remember. See, the thing is, I was, this is where I come in the picture at later in, you know, her journey, uh, you know, from the Howard Street to here. And it is amazing because I've watched this woman, uh, sometimes without staff, run a full fledged cafe. And Mm -hmm. I mean, grinding. Uh, And when COVID hit, I would call her just to check in and mess with her and she she would tell me that, Hey, look, I'm so low. I'm just doing what I need to do, trying to keep, you know, the bills paid and she was rocking. I mean, even through COVID, when they when Baltimore County was like, Hey, this is the parameters for how you open up your business, you pivot it and you move with it. And like you said, because you are a visionary, it, it wasn't difficult for you to figure out how to make these things happen. And you started from the mud, like you came the from the grimy,
1: ground. grimy yeah. mud.
0: And, and everything has led you to where you are today. Like the, the amount of success that you've had in your life is just an attribute to the people around you, like your grandmother who sparked that interest. Uh, to your friend who told you that your beans were good, and I can't imagine they were because the yo,
1: they I, were even good. To, like I honestly have them. They were. She so, says
0: everything is fire. No, but it's not.
1: I really am fire. <laughs> this is the confidence that I've built in myself, and I promise you. Even during COVID, I just made some declarations that I'm not going to downplay what I do. I used to downplay everything. Excuse me. I know because I used to be like, oh, it's okay. Oh, no 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 i can run with the best of these fools at oh this you can point. you uh, can. I, I, You know so that's a new thing that's new for me
0: i'm i'm, I'm happy you see it's like look i used to joke her because she would come into the shop you know she wouldn't be all dolled up she wouldn't have her nails done
1: because i had to get in and get the grinding
0: like she but now you come in i'm like i came in i said oh you got your nails done she's like yeah boy i was like oh look how we have changed. Look
1: how we have changed (laughs) because there's a shift that has to happen though. Like you have to get to a point where you're okay being okay. And it's okay to be good. Yeah. It's okay. Cora to be good. Everybody didn't make it through COVID. And let's be clear by the skin we made it like that thin piece of skin we made it but we made it and it's not a bragging thing i i know exactly who did that for me i know exactly who did it and so there's no way that i'm about to sit back here and be like oh you know i'm just barely getting no we making it not only are we gonna we we survived COVID, but now it's time for us to thrive while we're still in covid so listen everybody keeps thinking and i hear people say oh you you have a husband what does that have to do with anything for me owning a business do you know how many sacrifices i've had to make because i own a business
0: i i i was there you You would go without paying yourself make sure your staff is paid bills is paid and you're like i ain't get paid it's okay it's okay that that was your mo it's okay (laughs) the whole time so i've seen It, it
1: people think oh you you run a bit this is why it has to be done a certain way it needs to look a certain way it has to be a certain it has to be because i understand that it needs to be excellent i'm given a vision i've come through a whole hell of a lot to continue the vision some people ain't happy that i've continued the vision and we're open on sunday Listen, we had to do whatever we had to do to survive COVID, period. And I'm not going to give up on the vision that I was given. This is just a part of my life. Why would I downplay this part of my life if I I begged God for this? Mm. I am literally living my actual dream. Right no matter how hard it is i ask for it you, ask for you think it. i'm about to be ungrateful cuz i asked for my dream and he gave it to me
0: mhm and that's and that's another thing like people don't get it like pe- everybody i want to be a boss i want to own this i want to own that but when god say here you go
1: nobody listen to me clearly <laughs> i said god, so listen this is just me i will have a conversation with god and god will say okay here I said I want to be in the airport I want to do that we had vision boards I put I I put a plane up there I had no idea in what capacity I wanted I want to be in the airport I don't see me in the airport I don't see other people like me I don't see I want to do it it comes to fruition God said are you sure this is what I want and sometimes he'll say here because this may not be what I want for you, but I want you to see.
0: So, so he, he got to give you what you think you want. So you,
1: <laughs> I want so, this. Yeah. This ain't what I. God I said, I want to do. He said, no, you wanted this.
0: Mm hmm. But that's not what I have. But
1: you. that's not what I had for you. And I was like, oh, you get this. <laughs> you get that. You get this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you were in there. Yeah, we were. And it was an amazing thing. But that's not what I got into this for. When you start business, you think, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. And then when you actually get into it, you realize this isn't what's important. This is in order for me to maintain. Everybody wants to be a superstar nowadays. Nobody just wants to be good on their block.
0: Ain't nothing wrong with being good on your block. That's still, There's nothing that's still wrong
1: tr- with being great on your block because the neighborhood loves what you do. Everybody wants to be a superstar because of the gram. And everybody wants to be these million dollar shakers and move. Ask the people who actually have a million dollars from this at this point. What happened? What did it take? Where did you come from? What kind of grind? They ain't got their family. Them kids barely see them. They don't even get to feed the dog. And yet they're unhappy because they were striving for these lavish instead of just being good on your block. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: I feel like that's where true success is and value is, is when you can look at what you've done and actually see the work that was put in and you can appreciate it, like you have the time to appreciate it. I mean, although you have a business, you still have a life outside of it. The business doesn't run you. Yeah,
1: and it used to. I remember. It used to. Like the business used to literally run my entire life. And I had to take a break because it got to a point where my health was affected, I my, my Everything was affected. Everything was affected. And then you really have to sit back and say, listen, am I going to die from running this business? Or or am I going to sit back and reevaluate what's really, really important? Yes, I want a business. I don't want to die because of the business. I don't want to put myself last because of the business. And I'm grateful for COVID because it has shown me.
0: Mm. Listen. it's shown all of us. Go slow ahead. Slow down. Mm-hmm.
1: Value what you already have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Quit qu- quit trying to strive for things that are not meant for you. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to do what everybody else is doing. This is what you have. Maintain this. And I have maintained this and been quite okay. You can come in here, put your nose up if you want to. This is small. It is small, but it's enough for me. I'm making X, Y, and Z, but I'm making my bills. I'm making my, first of all, I'm making my rent, my payroll and we good and we can stack some to the side i'm not worried about all this here extra i'm trying to build a legacy and sometimes building legacy don't come as quick as everybody lying about on the gram it takes y'all better quit watching these people on the gram talking about how fly they are and what they got and we doing yes and at the end of the day if you don't plan properly you're going to lose all of it i don't want to be this super grand if if that stuff happens that is great that's just the extra. But the fact that I have my own spot and next will be my own building. Like, real talk, their steps. I'm not single. I still have somebody else to consider. So I need to make sure that all of those things flow. I, I just can't... When we first got married, yeah, of course, I was like, yo, I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z, you know what to say to somebody who's a thinker, so a mm-hmm. visionary is not stunted. But... At the end of the day, Thursday through Sunday works fine for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can rest Monday through Wednesday.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: not kill myself trying to. I bought, listen. People think, "Oh, you've had this wonderful." No, I haven't had a wonderful life. It's been good. Like, no it's complaint. not as bad as everybody else.
0: And that's what I think we have to look at. Is like, my life was good, and it was great. And, you know, I'm not I don't compare my life to or my journey to anyone else's Can't. like that's one thing that I had to understand my success and what I do will come when God is ready to give it. To Your us.
1: lessons are for you. Yep. What I had to go through at the time you do not see and understand why did I have to go through this? Why did I make these decisions to get myself in this? And when God snatches you out and you sit long enough, COVID, when you sit long enough, you'll be like, oh, this is why. Mm-hmm. But if you ask and we really want to know the truth about why we had to do or go through what we went through, you could be told if you really want to know. God will tell you.
0: Yeah,
1: And it's up to you to figure out what do I move past? How do I move forward?
0: That's awesome. So, I want to wrap it up with just your experience in life, your experience as a uh, entrepreneur, as a wife. What would you say to that young person who feels that self doubt that we talked about? Because you talked about aligning yourself in the right spirit, in the right atmosphere not taking no for an answer just going forward with your your vision and just executing it at the highest level and then you just talk about just grinding it out like because there're going to be ups and downs and and that's what I took from our conversation but what would you say to that young person who's really just at that place where they're just starting trying to figure things out and not necessarily in the entrepreneur's realm but you know they are really getting started in life and in their career and they and you don't want them to go through some of the similar similar uh, avenues that you went down how would you help them out
1: listen to I call it the Holy Spirit but listen to your inner voice listen don't (laughs) if things are shady at the beginning they're gonna be shady at the end listen because I could have saved myself a lot of extra turmoil, and probably been in a different space had I just listened to myself you are the only common sense that you have. You can't listen to somebody else's common sense about your life, you gotta listen to your own. Not only that, don't talk about the vision that you have for your life with everybody. Everybody don't need to know. Because even the ones I've been through this on Howard Street, (laughs) even the ones Who say they are there for you and you may have known them forever. There's people who hate on you secretly. Mm. They don't wish you no good. You move secretly. Move inside. That is the one thing I have learned in the last, like, five to six years. You move in silence. You don't have to post everything on Instagram. You ain't got to post everything on Facebook. Post it when it actually happened. Mm Mm-hmm. When, it, when you actually got the keys, when you actually move in the building, when you actually get the job, not I'm looking at getting the job. Don't, because every time somebody sees that and then speaks negative, it takes 13 times to cancel out the one negative thing. You got to hear it 13 times positive. Stop letting people put words in the atmosphere over your stuff. You be the only person to put words of affirmation and positivity over your own life and vision period period and don't think that you need to do all of it at once you're gonna kill yourself I literally worked myself sick a healthy person who has worked themselves sick it's not worth it it's a dream and you love it but it's not worth your life
0: so, Cora, thank you so much. Sure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate and value your time with me today. It means absolutely so much. Uh, you dropped so many gems and I hope that the audience takes from you, you know, your honesty and candidacy, you know, because you really exemplify black excellence and you've uh, grown uh, since the short time that I've known you. And I can't wait to see uh, what the future holds for you. Um and, and with this show, we're trying to reach the masses, so I'm not going to sit here and say if this show affects one person's life, then I'm happy. I'm not. Like, we want to affect as many people <laughs> yeah. as we can. Like, that is the goal. We want you to share this, subscribe to it, share it again and again, listen to it, and uh, like it as well. But how can the people get in contact with you if they want to, you know, patronize you, come Grab a nice little bite at the cafe. Yeah,
1: y'all come out for a breakfast, lunch, brunch, some sweet treats, good eats. Um, they can reach us at Coralie's.com, K-O-R-A-L-E-E-S.com. Um, and it's Coralie's Cafe on Instagram and Facebook. Or they can just give us a call at 443 620 167 um, or go online, place an order. Yeah, we're around.
0: Yeah. Google us. We're yeah, Googleable. We're Google <laughs> is that that is that cannot be an adjective. It's anyway, a real folks. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> this, this woman is uh, definitely crazy. I love her. But um we're out. You know, thank you guys again and uh, if you didn't get any information it'll be in the show notes.